You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday. It's time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is time to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Always good to be with you guys. I feel like extra chipper this morning, so I'm just going to warn you. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Happy is it Monday. Is it snowing where you are? It's like definitely lots of snow on the ground, and it snowed all day yesterday. I did, We had confirmation uh, yesterday, you know, so we have like all these kids to drive around and visit. And yeah, it was it was a wild adventure. So, but it was a good day. Maybe that's why I'm in a good mood. And the snow, you're right, just puts me in the right place. So I'm a little jealous, not going to lie. <laughs> I have a feeling that we're going to have less anxiety about snow this year if people are working from home more than oh. in the past. But granted, there are lots of people who have to drive in the snow, and I feel bad for, Still, for the folks yeah. that have to do that. I will have to do that this winter at some point. But uh, mm-hmm. but I'm having yeah, a cup of coffee point. this morning. This is, the, I think, the second Mental Health Monday in a row that I've had a cup of coffee because it's cold yeah. outside. So, what is up with that? I know. Mm-hmm. Checking in. Everybody else having their... I know. We're living on the edge here. I'm uh, all for I'm... that, though. More coffee for everyone. Seize the day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Check in on coffee, and then we'll get to uh, initiative for today. This is our last episode on initiative. So, all right, coffee around the room here. Heidi, what do you have today? Okay, guests. Anybody have a guess? Anybody remember? Mental health is it Monday, Sumatra? Somebody... Is that your Sumatra? It is Sumatra every time. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite. And I every time I try closer. to switch, I know I try to switch. No, you don't have to memorize my coffee. But <laughs> every time I try to switch, it's just like, mm, no. I feel like maybe that's a sign that I'm getting a little bit older. Or what I like to think of is like midlife moving into really knowing myself. That's my like, there you go. <laughs> mental health Monday version. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? I have Tanzanian today, and it's wonderful, Ooh. as it is every Monday. Okay, this is a struggle for me. Is it Tanzanian, or is it Tanzania, or Tanzania? Because I've heard Tanzania. it pronounced both ways. I know. I, know. I have too. All right. Yep. Uh, let's, let's get into okay. initiative, <laughs> uh, roadblocks to initiative, because I'm not trying to block our conversation about initiative. Right? <laughs> initiative, right? Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good thing. Well, you know, we've been talking about initiative this whole month, and I just love how our conversations this year have built on each other, you know, that we have walked through the early developmental stages, and we see how um, the ways we were able to explore and get our needs met through attachment when we're young um, and then grow in some independence and autonomy. Now we meet this place where we um, are able to have some initiative, which is uh, leadership, really, the ability to step forward in our own lives and make some choices. It's a little bit more than independence, though, only, right? Um, It's that ability to balance both having a voice and having some leadership in our lives and other people's lives around us, as well as humility. Uh, And that's, I really think, one of the Christian differences that we can step into is understanding that humility piece and how they match up. Because we want people to have a voice. 
and this is important and we'll get to it at the end of the half hour on um, biblically why that makes such an impact when we help children know they have a voice and then help the adults around us know that they also have a voice for neighboring really. Uh, but now I want to talk about the things that kind of get in the way of that, especially you can think about this in our childhood. But as we've said over and over again, it's true throughout our whole life, throughout our whole life. So what kinds of things make it difficult to access our initiative is the way I like to put that, because the reality is, is through Jesus Christ, we stand differently. We have that identity firm. And so we don't ever need to question, I think, who we are in the way that sometimes uh, without that concreteness, uh, we might. At the same time, that is certainly hard to access sometimes. And God values us as individuals, so our individual experiences are really going to impact that. So honoring that firm foundation we have, but understanding that that the benefits of that is not always something we can access because of the experiences of life and the things that get in the way. So what gets in the way? One thing that gets in the way is never being given the space to share, to create, or to make mistakes. And so I think we can all uh, consider times in our lives where we were giving, given those spaces to share, create, and to make mistakes. The harder thing I think is to go back and kind of remember places we weren't able to share, create, or make mistakes because it's so painful. There's an entire um, series uh, of trauma called creative trauma. And again, Brene Brown talks about this in some of her literature. We see it a lot in the EMDR research that comes out, but people who have been told by um, an instructor, a teacher of some kind, a parent, uh, that they uh, shouldn't dance because they don't have the right skills or that they shouldn't, uh, their artwork is poor or things like that. Um, there's a difference between being given space to create and correct those mistakes uh, that are about a certain talent or a gift. Uh, that's different than when we're told that we should stop right? That we should stop being creative, that this isn't our realm. Uh, that really does leave some big scars on people. And it can be really difficult then to step out in any other arena. And you can probably see the correlation there. Does that make sense, you guys? Yeah, it does. I can totally understand how um, being put down about something, especially if you're really passionate about it, and someone says, Oh, mm -hmm. you're not actually good at that, or you shouldn't do that for whatever reason, mm -hmm. that can that can affect all kinds of other stuff uh, in in life with just thinking that maybe you aren't the best at making the decisions for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And we, so I like to call it the turtle. Like we close in on <laughs> ourselves, right? A lot. Mm -hmm. And it's a really visual image. Uh, and so once we are doing that, it's very easy for that to slide into other areas of our life, especially if it's something that you said, like we're passionate about that is deeply personal for us. Consider this also theological vantage point. We have a creative God. He is our creator. So creating anything is deeply, deeply intimate for us because it's a connecting place between us and God. Now, of course, we don't rely on that. We always rely on God's word to reveal himself to us. But at the same time, just as Roman says, like we can look around and see God in creation. Well, I do think we can see God in anything creative because he is the creative one. You know, he's the source of all creativity. Um, 
And that was something taught to me by Connie Denninger, who is uh, in charge of visual faith online and mm -hmm. uh, really a big Lutheran voice for visual faith. And I really think that's one reason um, creativity is so intimate is because of that space that it is with who God is to us. Um, so then other things that make it difficult to access our initiative is being told what to do about problems rather than given the support to problem solve. And so occasionally with kids, we are going to tell them what to do. I mean, there's just certain circumstances, right? Like um, mm -hmm. crossing the parking lot. We're going to be like, we're going to hold hands now. <laughs> this is not mm -hmm. up for discussion right now. Uh, so that's different than uh, looking for as many moments as possible where they can have support to solve the problem instead of telling them how to solve the problem. And um, the Gottmans do this emotion coaching <clears throat> excuse me they do this goodness i have like a throat problem someone else talk briefly sure so the book that i think you're referring to is um is uh was it raising a resi emotionally resilient child from the gottman emotionally intelligent I emotionally think. intelligent yes yeah yeah and that's a big kind of book about a very small concept but one thing that they say is you get to the end of the emotion coaching which has to do with empathy and there's either setting boundaries or problem solving and the way you tell the difference is whether this is a connecting moment or a teaching moment and being able to distinguish what you have time for. <laughs> so teaching <laughs> moments say like, get your shoes on and get in the car. Like we need to move along, you know? Um, whereas connecting moments give us a little more time to give that empathy and then to say, you know, would you, what do you think we should do about this? And it's a very powerful question in the life of a child, but think about that question in the life of a coworker, right? Being able to say, mm -hmm well, what do you think we should do about that? Or saying that on a church council or, you know, to a voters meeting, like, well, what do we think we should do about this? Instead of always handing over a solution, number one, we'll get better answers because, you know, we tapped everybody's brains. And I think that's God's creation of us is that we would all have different ideas to share um, to get toward a solution. So uh, just being able to have those spaces, you don't have them all the time. That's important. But certain spaces when we can give that support for problem solving will be a really powerful thing for initiative. Um, also, when our sense of safety is perceived at risk, that makes it difficult to access our initiative. And so an important part of this is anyone who's experienced trauma, which is a I believe a, a lot, a lot of people like at this point, there's a really good book called The Body Keeps the Score. Um, mm -hmm. That's not Christian at all. There'll be stuff in there you disagree with. But at the same time, it's from a doctor who helps us understand uh, the, how trauma hasn't been counted in the same way uh, that other mental health issues have been and that they've, even those mental health issues, you know, people have to answer a survey or have it written down with a diagnosis um, and turned into insurance companies and things like that. And so understanding that uh, there's a lot more trauma out there than we think is really important. So that helps us to see why it might be hard for someone to have a voice. You always, always, always can think in the back of your head, 
I wonder what's in that for that person. That's a really compassionate way. It doesn't mean we're being nosy or we need to answer that question, but just being curious, like, gosh, I wonder what's behind that. Because I'm going to tell you, there's almost always something behind it when someone doesn't feel like they have a voice or can stick up for themselves. So I think that's really, really important. So it looks like it's time for a break. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about roadblocks after this. But... You're listening to The Coffee Hour. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday, taking a look at Roadblocks to Initiative. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. On this Monday, October 26, 2020, KFUO Radio celebrates with our day sponsor, Geneva Mensing of Austin, Texas. Geneva made a gift to KFUO Radio in honor of her son, Reverend Rick Mensing, as they celebrate his birthday today. She is thankful to the Lord for all the blessings he has bestowed on her oldest son throughout his life. Thank you, Geneva Mensing, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsor. How do I keep my kids in church? Will there still be a church for them to go to? New people have moved into my neighborhood. How do I reach out to them? Our challenges are many, but it is Jesus who makes disciples for life through his church. Let's come together as the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod to discuss this joyful work. Learn more about the Making Disciples for Life initiative at lcms.org slash making disciples. Again, that's lcms.org slash making disciples. Cross Defense is the show where we talk about curious topics to excite the imagination, equip the mind, and comfort the soul with God's Word. Join me, Pastor Tyrell Bramwell, every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio, or anytime on KFUO.org, or even your favorite podcast app. My friends, our foe is a fierce enemy. Our only defense is Christ on the cross. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess <laughs> Heidi Gaiman furiously typing away notes. Uh, so <laughs> much to talk about this morning. It is roadblock. I'm being creative. Do well, not roadblock my creativity. <laughs> The problem is when I'm drinking coffee, I don't have enough hands to run all the equipment. So that's the <laughs> challenge with drinking coffee during the coffee hour. I can't operate oh, all the equipment properly. So I just turn it all on at the same time. All right. So uh, back to roadblocks to initiative. <laughs> This is, this is such a good Monday. Yes, yes. Okay, so a couple more, and then we'll move on to um, where the gospel really comes in to overcoming these roadblocks um, and building up that initiative. So a couple more are negative self-talk. And just so you know, I could talk about trauma all day. And so if people have questions about that, like I think feel free to you know tweet us or um, you know respond on social media or send a private message about some of these roadblocks. Because I think we're really getting in, into some meaty stuff 
with mental health here. Um, but a couple more are negative self-talk. Um, and so I see this in, in everyone. Okay. Okay. We all have negative self-talk, let's be honest. <laughs> but at the same time, I think I see it in teenagers and adolescents a lot, especially because they haven't learned how to move in that negative self-talk with a an internal response of the gospel. Really? They haven't learned to identify that as negative self-talk. And so that's one thing we can give, uh, people, young people, especially in that developmental stage. That said, when we don't learn <laughs> about that when we're young, it shows up more and more as we get older instead of less and less. Um, and negative self-talk becomes pretty toxic internally. And so we have no choice. Eventually we will throw it on other people. Um, and so I think that happens a lot. You know, it is true that hurt People who are hurting hurt other people a lot, but I also think that this is another way that people end up with uh, a little bit of uh, a lot of impatience or hurtful ways of communicating with other people is because they don't know how to deal internally with their own inner critic. Um, and some of us have a stronger inner critic than others. I think that is really important to note too. And so some of us will struggle with that a little bit more. I have an inner cheerleader. I'll just be honest. Like that's, I think part of my <laughs> seven on the Enneagram, like I have a little person inside me that's like, go Heidi, you can do it like at all times. And so if you've been given that gift, initiative will be a little bit easier for you naturally. And I think that is true of all of these developmental stages. Some of us, it's a little easier to move through some over others of us. Um, and we'll all have different challenges that come before us more than another person. And so there, you can't play the comparison game on development. That's true. We know in children's reading and math, but it's true for all of us on these emotional and relational things as well. So the last one I want to bring up before we move on to the gospel and the benefits and a building initiative is compassion or self-compassion. So lacking compassion um, also usually means lacking self-compassion and without self-compassion, which is that ability to give ourselves the same forgiveness that Christ Jesus bestows upon us that we would also share with other people. Um, it's really important, especially when we start to talk about forgiveness and moving forward in the initiative of forgiveness, that we believe that we are forgivable, that that Jesus doesn't reserve that for other people who are quote unquote better people, uh, that we in fact uh, have been given that same love, affection, kindness, grace, mercy, um, and are, are worthy of it because Christ says so, not because uh, we see any evidence of it. Um, and so I think that anytime we have more compassionate people in our life, it's a little easier to access that for ourselves. When we don't have compassionate people in our life, it's a little harder to access that for ourselves. So surrounding yourself with compassionate people can make a huge difference, um, especially if you didn't have that when you were growing up. Um, and that can be hard to find. I understand that. Uh, but that is one thing that the church is supposed to be for us. So let's do that, church. You know, let's be this source of compassion that people are so often lacking when they go and move around in the world.
So I definitely want to get to my Andy and Sarah question today. So I'll just keep going. What's the place of the gospel in overcoming roadblocks to initiative and leadership? Uh, I think this is so huge. So all of these developmental stages made easier in the arms of our savior to move through because we have an answer when we look internally and don't like what we see. When guilt and shame well up, we have uh, the gospel that is the answer to that guilt and shame instead of trying to find it everywhere else and not being able to see it clearly. And so when we feel like we can't move forward, when we feel like we don't have a voice, when we're not sure how to move forward, we lean into our Savior. Um, I like the question, what does God invite me to? So it is, I do also have the question, what does God want from me? Because I think sometimes in the Christian church, like that's a little easier for us to wrap our heads around. Like what would God want in this situation? You know, what is the will of God is something we're often asking ourselves. But I think because of Jesus, we can move on to this question, what does God invite me to? Because uh, God doesn't need anything from us. Um, and while he does have a will, his will for us is Jesus Christ. So we have a lot of freedom beyond that. And I think we really don't access that very often. We think that God has this certain idea of what he wants in our life and we better find it and follow it. And, and that's the law, my friends. That's not the gospel. Um, in Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we, we as post-New Testament church believers have just this amazing amount of freedom in Christ Jesus. And so asking yourself, what does God invite me to? What does he invite me to stick up for today? What does he invite me to step out into? Um, I think I brought it up before and it's my initiative phrase is from uh, Greg Finke and joining Jesus on his mission. Where are we going today, Jesus? You know, what are we doing uh, with our Lord and Savior? Because he has given us so much and the ability to set our sin aside as far as the East is from the West. And so that's how the gospel motivates. The law will not motivate us. <laughs> like that guilt is good because it turns us to our savior, but it's not even a motivator. It doesn't do anything for us besides showing us who Jesus is, um, moving us toward Jesus. And then the gospel is what motivates us to actually step out in initiative. And so that's gospel's place. I think biblically, when we look at Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 is really clear, but you can also go to Isaiah, you can go to several places in scripture for this message. But Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. You know, biblically, we have initiative because we were made for one another. We were made to stick up for one another. We were made to be a voice for one another when our neighbor next to us doesn't have a voice. And so when we think of that neighborliness of initiative, my question for Andy and Sarah in our time left is, where do you engage in initiative to be a neighbor or a friend? You know, where do you see that moving in the act of neighboring, you think? 
Mm -hmm. I think, and this might be the, the easy answer, but just paying attention to people and noticing their needs and noticing uh, where you can step in with your own gifts and talents and in order to build them up and in order to be a better friend and, and person to them and to show the love of Christ to them. And in some ways, social media makes that a little easier because, you know, we post all of our lives on there. Mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and so when, when you, when you just, um, intentionally build those relationships and intentionally keep up with people you're you're better mm -hmm. able to be there for people and to support them and taking the initiative to send them a message when when you notice something and be like hey what can i do for mm. you how can i help how can i be there for you mm. i love how you pointed out any kind of communication like when you're the person who steps out first that's initiative in relationship i really appreciate mm -hmm. everything you said sarah thanks how about you andy Mm, similar uh, for me, it's uh, take pausing to listen. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. my my natural inclination is to speak first, <laughs> um, but uh, resisting that temptation <laughs> uh, and just pausing to uh, to listen. That that's what mm -hmm. takes initiative for me, rather than just doing what naturally comes. Yeah, mm, that's so that's really good. And I would say that boundaries are also part of initiative. And I mean, we could talk about mm -hmm. that all day long. But that's it's important to have initiative in both connecting in relationship, but also when there is a need for uh, mindful uh, disconnection or disengaging even slightly or sometimes, you know, broken relationships, that's reality of living in a fallen world. So boundaries are really, really important. Oh, <laughs> Andy tells me we have more time. I love it. This never happens. Is it Christmas? Is it Christmas right no, now? No, it's just I because like it I, I'm not great at math. Yeah, I either. was wondering. I had the wrong time, I had the wrong time stuck <laughs> in my head. No, that's okay. Morning. Me So we too, have two bonus right? minutes. No judgment there. Well, and we can uh, talk about that a little bit more, but I think one way that we can neighbor one another is through, um, again, the kindness, compassion, and humility that we give for ourselves. So so there is a space for what we offer other people in relationship, but I will tell you that our relationships are super impacted by how we treat ourselves as well. And in um, psychology, we think of this as self-love or um, self-worth, right? Um, I would say, you know, it makes sense from the the 1990s, uh, Christ Esteem, right, was a book. It's, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. That said, Christ died for us because he thought we were worthy. You know, like he thought humankind was worth it. And so I think it is important that we understand that that is applicable to all of us because Jesus, not just those of us who believe in Jesus, right? But he calls us worthy by dying for us. Like that is part of his death and resurrection message to us. And so I think understanding that we can engage in that more fully as Christians, but it certainly applies to everyone that God says they're worth dying for. Um, and that makes us look at ourselves and other people a little bit different. Um, and so how could we not then be a voice for our neighbor? How could we not uh, move around and support uh, the faces that hold the image of God all around us? I, I really think that's an important 
part of evangelism, if you will, um, is knowing that all people are worthwhile. And so they are worthy of our initiative just as much as they're worthy of our relationship and friendship and, and neighboring. Mental Health oh, Monday, okay. Geekness Heidi Gaiman. Check out HeidiGaiman.com. <laughs> All the words today. <laughs> All the words in uh, two minutes. Thanks so much, Heidi. Always great to chat with you. See you next week. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. And KFUO Radio. Visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anytime, anywhere.